Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about video games and Blink-182 lyrics. My name is Bob. And my name is Matt. And we're going to talk about video games, but not until we have discussed the most pressing issue of the day, the best Blink-182 lyric. Matt, what is your pick? Um, my pick would be from Adam's song, oh, off the album Enema of the State. A classic. A classic song about suicide. Because we like to start these off with a <laughs> feel-good moment. Uh, uh, Adam's song features a lyric that goes, and I'm just going to read this, not sing it. Remember the time that I spilled the cup of apple juice in the hall. Please tell mom this is not her fault. Man, and I think that is a great lyric. Uh, you love com- the apple juice. I love, well, one, I love apple juice. Two, uh, I think that part where Tom DeLonge goes, the voice inside my head is not as good as this part. <laughs> um, spiders. <laughs> Do you not like spiders? I, I like spiders, but generally I like more killing them as a low-level enemy in an RPG. <laughs> um, the, the most frightening of all the low-level yeah, RPGs. I I'd say I prefer them to rats. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So we like this lyric. Why do we like this lyric? Um, I mean, I like the lyric about apple juice because it's the one I the first time I ever listened to Adam's song, I was like, I like that song as a whole, but what was that part about apple juice? It's so specific. It's so specific. I really like the line break because it goes, App spilled the cup, and it's like there's a line break and there's like of apple juice in the hall. Like it's it's like it's like Blink-182 is at its best when it's got good line breaks. Agreed. And yeah. generally, they coincide with some sick power chord riffing. Usually. Yeah. Usually. Very often. Very often. Not so much recently. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, classic Blink-182, but also just like Apple Juice is such a strange, as you said, specific. It's in It it, it has an echo of a memory. We, I think we all have Apple Juice memories. Yes. Um, but it works so well because it takes you back. And I think that like more media needs apple juice moments more media needs things that feel kind of weird and make you remember something about your own life by virtue of it being a distinctive thing that kind of sticks with you it's a good it's a it's like kind of a good metaphor it's a good um synecdoche oh i don't actually know what that is i've seen that movie many times yeah it's different than schenectady oh. but uh yeah um it's it's a when a part stands in for a whole i ah, guess so the apple good. juice what does the apple juice really represent spilled I, apple juice represents all the mistakes that we've made in our lives by the way mom this isn't your fault okay yeah. uh i hope that you live to see tomorrow <laughs> it'll be all right all right okay so apple juice moments in video games is maybe something we'll talk about someday because Hopefully. there's just not enough of them but, yeah uh, there's just not enough like distinctive things to remember in a lot of games i feel like which is sort of a bummer or you get a game like deadly premonition where it's only distinctive things and it's kind of overwhelming yeah and then everybody will talk about it forever despite never touching on the fact that man that game sucks it's an awful game yeah it's a real bummer so um speaking of juice (laughs) here's the news all right so the biggest news story of this week in video games and uh, honestly it's a game it's like one of those game stories that uh kind of made its way out of the depths and crawled up and grabbed the wrist of mainstream media to yank it down into the gutter. Uh, I think I know what you're going to talk about. Is this Mario and his swimsuit? Dude, yes, it is. Mario has nipples. 
Uh, oh my God, there are nipples on Mario's there are chest. Ni- yeah, no, I feel like this is the thing that everybody is talking about this week. There were some other kerfuffles in there the were, world. So uh, there's some guy uh, who I understand is the most popular person on the internet streaming site, oh, YouTube. Some guy who gets like like 300 to 800 sub- subscribers per hour. Does, does PewDiePie have nipples? <laughs> He does kind of look like a cartoon character. Dude, fuck that guy. Fuck That's that guy. okay. PewDiePie yeah. is a racist and also a bigot and also the worst and a mil like 57 million people. I was going to say millions, millions of, people. of people. No, fuck that. 57 million people watch his videos, are subscribed to his channel, and all of those people are complicit in a racist dick bag. Yeah, honestly, the 16 billion views of which maybe 3 are mine. Um <laughs> I I hate being complicit in this in any way. Yes. I actually feel bad about having watched anything. I did not watch the actual video. No, I don't want to have. Any, I don't want to look at his face anymore. Yes. Um. So if you want to know what where Zero Star stands on PewDiePie, fuck PewDiePie, fuck that guy. We kind of like Sean Vanaman though. We like Sean Vanaman. Way to go for Sean Vanaman. Sean Vanaman is a game developer of the game Firewatch, uh, a game that we have done a podcast about. We like Firewatch very much. Um. And uh, he specifically had filed some complaint with YouTube about his game being used by PewDiePie. There are larger implications of that. It might not have been the best move. It might have been the best move. Who can say? There are many opinions on both sides. Many sides. What we can all agree on. Fuck fuck PewDiePie. PewDiePie. Everything else is difficult and a thorny situation and we need to think about it and work through it. But God damn it. We should not stand for this sort of bigotry in our games. Seriously serious like how hard is it speaking of bigotry in games uh a lot of people are dicks when they play games online matt uh i have experienced this myself yeah okay what was your most recent experience where people were a dick to you um okay well this is more complicated i think you all (laughs) might remember not too long ago when i was talking about um playing uncharted's multiplayer uncharted the lost legacy it's actually but it's it's just the uncharted 4 multiplayer that oh you okay with it's uncharted the same lost thing legacy. um there's like extra skins or something like that so i was playing it and there was a guy who did not know how to revive his teammates and so i actually put in my voice chat for one of the first times in a long time and started i was the dick who was yelling like this is how you revive people he wasn't listening he must have had voice chat turned off smart guy um, right and so I think that people are awful. Um, people are awful. What was what? There's a headline about this that I think. Yeah. So, I presume that you had read. Yes. Yeah, so here's the deal. Um, that guy didn't have his voice chat on, seemingly, when you were trying to be a dick to him. Which is which is smart. We should all turn voice chat off. That's smart because people are assholes on the internet. And this week we got further proof that people are assholes on the internet because, because of how they reacted to Mario's nipples. We're gonna get to it. Okay. Don't worry. We will have ample time to discuss Mario's terrifying nipples. <laughs> um, so basically, here's the deal. A developer on the game Overwatch, a popular video game developed by Blizzard, uh, a game that we both like. Totally online, online multiplayer. Yeah, you shoot other people and they shoot you. And you work a, as a team. It's a team-based game. Yep. It's the important thing is that you're supposed to be friendly with people. Well, and you're supposed to work together. Yeah. So... Um, developers of Overwatch uh, noted that they actually aren't able to make features for the game that they want to make because they're too busy making features that help them eliminate abuses that go on on their platform when people are playing together and people being assholes. So they've had to build things that let people report 
uh, abusive behavior and things like that instead of building cool new features for the video game. Um, and so this really just makes me think, what can we do to fix this? Because it seems like people are not going to stop being assholes when they play video games. No. And so what is the alternative? Because I never turn on voice chat when I play games. So I've had good experiences with voice chat. I okay. don't like using it. I've had a few good experiences long ago in the early days of Xbox Live. I had some like really fun experiences like with uh, uh, Call of Duty zombie mode. Um, okay. I think it can be a good thing. I think that it's too often not a good thing and I would never blame anybody for turning voice chat off. So like you said, how do we how do we how did game developers deal with the fact that people turn their voice chat off and rightfully so? Because people are assholes. And like honestly, if you want to eliminate abuse, you just turn off your voice chat. Yeah. So I think we just need other tools. We need other communication tools. Um and this is actually something that I'll end up talking about later with my with a game that I've been playing recently called Absolver. It's funny, has, I will end up talking about this later with okay. a game I've been playing called Destiny. Well, I think that this will be this will be an interesting. Let's table this for later. We'll return to this topic later. But in the meantime, like everybody turn off your voice chat. Yeah, honestly, just turn off the voice chat and let the game suffer because yeah. if people are going to insist on making games that are so focused on voice chat, we need to figure out a way around this. And maybe the solution is just systems that don't involve voice chat. Yeah, precisely. It, I hate to be the guy who says like, "Why aren't the developers thinking of this?" Because I'm sure that they are. But it's a hard, it's a hard, uh, hard situation. Hard. It's an impossible problem in yeah, many ways. It's a very difficult problem to solve. But um, yeah. In the meantime, let's all just turn off our voice chat because people Solidarity. are dicks. All right. Speaking of people being dicks, uh, one game that has a really cool way to interact with other players is the game journey uh yes yeah so that's a game where you sing at people you sing at people you show up in their world and you're able to press a button to sing and catch their attention and then you can show them something uh or do something with them which is really neat the developer of journey that game company uh that's all lowercase all one word that game company uh has announced their new title and it's called sky is it just sky sky s-k-y s-k-y <laughs> what if it was ski is sky <laughs> you've been pronouncing it sky this whole time if this was a uh 3d reboot of ski free oh i love ski free i honestly can't believe that they have not made a new ski free i can't believe that there's not more references to ski three all throughout video games ski free is ski free ski free ski free ski free uh that's one word all lowercase ski free <laughs> Uh, Ski Free is a game that was on the Windows 95 No, No, I think it was on 3.1, too. Was it? I Probably. It, this it, goes back real far. Ski Free is a game where you ski down a mountain and inevitably are consumed by a demonic, abominable snowman creature. I remember the rumors about how you could ski past him. Everybody says you can. I don't think you can. I. Uh, we should look this up on YouTube later. I don't know, man. I don't right know in. if I want to know. If you have ever skied past the abominable snowman in Ski Free... Let us know. We don't even require video. We don't need proof. We just want to hear your ski-free I just want to hear stories. you tell me. Yeah, tell me your most memorable ski-free story. What is your apple juice moment? For ski-free. For ski-free. ski-free, the immersive sim. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect ex- replic- replication of what it is like to ski down a mountain while hitting sick jumps. Uh, so just tell us what it was like when you played ski-free that one time and you escaped the abominable snowman or not. Just tell us about it. You can do that at zero podcast i always mess this up <laughs> I, it's so difficult podcast at zero stars.co that is an email address uh so you're gonna have to get an email client 
I don't know if you have that, but oh, that's more difficult. Yeah. Uh, we should just tell them to find us on Twitter because we are now on Twitter at boom zero underscore stars. Tweet us zero underscore stars. Uh, okay, so um, this game it's called Sky. Yeah. It is not a ski free clone. I have nothing more have to they, say. Have all of their games? They did Flower. They did Flower. Um, what was the one with Flow Flower Journey Journey Sky? Sky. So okay, so they're really one word. Yeah, just like id with doom, rage, quake. Good point. Uh, I mean, At honestly, they've managed to say monosyllabic too. Yeah, great, great company to keep. Well, journey. Yeah. Well, I mean, but id managed to say monosyllabic. Oh yeah, id id just deals in uh, single syllables. Yeah, single shots gun, out of that gun. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, just Head. like this pistol ends with a period. Core. <laughs> <laughs> kill um okay so this game is described as quote players will fly through the clouds in order to collect light from around the world controlling a mysterious cloaked figure so wait are you just santa claus in this <laughs> wait, are you implying that santa claus is collecting the world's light for some nefarious purpose well this doesn't seem nefarious it seems like you're collecting the light so oh wow maybe this is nefarious this is dark well, yeah, because you took all the light. Does everything go dark when you collect the light? That would be so sick. Have you seen a video of this? I have not I have watched not, a video yeah. of this game. I mean, it sounds a lot like Journey up in the air. It sounds like a journey through the clouds. Yeah, it, and it also sounds a lot like um, the guy who was with that game company, and I'm forgetting his name now, and he spun off. He was one of the co-creators of Journey. Spun I thought that off was and, a girl. I thought it was a man. I have no idea. It could be either. Yes. Or neither. Yeah. I mean, but whoever he or she was, they... Um, that individual to keep things appropriately plural or, or singular. That individual, um, the unless entity they prefer, that used to work at that game, at that company, game company and no longer does, and, but created Abzu, which is a great game that's underwater journey, essentially a journey through the a sea. journey through the sea. You just you grab onto animals and you or uh, marine life and you, you softly, gently grab them. I, that made it sound much more violent. These are extraordinarily nonviolent games yeah. that are mostly about movement. Yeah, just um, kind of moving through a space and exploring yeah. it. Movement and wonder. Yeah. Really. Beautiful movement games. and wonder is a great way to describe that entire genre. Yeah. Beautiful games. Um, I'd advise anybody with a PlayStation or any um what's this what's this coming out on? Oh, that's a great question because this game is actually uh initially it's going to be exclusive to the iphone the ipad and the apple tv so apple platforms uh which is kind of an interesting move for apple who is traditionally awful at video games um and terrible at encouraging game development on their platforms seemingly really making a push for that in that yeah i mean they at their press conference this was announced at apple's most recent press conference they brought Genova chen who is the head of that game company out and he showed this off it's interesting because so often journey and these other games are really about like a sense of wonder and a sense of large spacious kind of like movement through a large space and the idea of playing this on i don't even know what this looks like but if it's anything it like looks journey, like a journey in the sky. yeah the idea of playing that on my phone is not appealing but I wonder, i'm curious i i i sense uh that it might be very They've always kind of toyed with motion controls. That's true. And so I wonder if it will have elements that are very much based around moving the device itself around. So so I can definitely play this on the bike at the gym. You should definitely play this while riding an actual bike in the streets of Chicago. <laughs> uh, actually, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the next console it came to was like the Switch 
because yeah. it has analogous control mechanics. Well, I'm really curious. I'm, I mean, they, they produce wonderful things. So. Yeah, I, I've always loved their games. Yeah, and fuck PewDiePie. Speaking of the Switch, oh my god, dude, fuck PewDiePie. This really should have been a, a, a podcast about video games and fuck PewDiePie. And I feel great about it. Yeah, uh, and apple juice. I mean... No apple juice for PewDiePie. No, none. I spilled it, and now he has none. Um, so, speaking of the Switch... A console that we both own and love love the switch it's so good uh doom another monosyllabic game title i don't know the most recent version of doom which was a reboot of doom came out last year and it's on the switch now or will be soon <laughs> i think it's coming out this holiday i yeah. saw this yeah. remarkably quickly yeah very quickly i it's i mean i am i'm curious the idea of playing this on a, on a bus or a train does not necessarily appeal to me um, I'm, but we love Doom. We love Doom. I Doom is one. Doom. This is 2016 Doom, not the original. Well, the original is also Doom. spectacular. Is it also, but like that's not on the Switch. This is this that would is, be great too. It would be great too. I'd almost prefer that one. Um, this new Doom. I'm not sure how I'd feel about playing it on the Switch controller, but again, I'm curious. I can only speculate. <laughs> <laughs> this game is not out yet. How is it going to run at 60 frames per second? I, I mean, think it's a technical marvel it as is it is. It is a gorgeous video game. Yeah. And I, I will be very curious to know. This version will not have Snap Map, which was the map editor that was a part of the console releases and PC Fair release. Enough. And it will not have the uh, multiplayer component on the cartridge. You'll have to download that separately, which means that they took out all the bad parts of Doom. I know, seriously. If they end up creating more single-player stuff for Doom... Oh my God, that'd be if this so is what, sick. Oh God, I love single-player. Multiplayer Doom. Terrible. Not, not good. Not great. Um, not good even. Uh, not good. But man, single player Doom is single player some of Doom. the most fun I have had playing a video game in a long time. Just one and of we've the had most, a lot of good video games recently. It is so visceral, and I feel like it was part of that wave last year. About midway through last year, suddenly it was like games arrived again. Yeah, and we have just been swimming in it ever since. Uh, yeah, games like have water. just been great. All right, so we are excited for Doom. That's yeah. on the Switch. Or is, or is the next thing what I think it is? It is, because right. there's something else on the Switch. It's Super Mario Odyssey. And this week, we got photographic proof that Mario, in this game, has nipples. No, these are some paparazzi beach candids of Mario topless, if I That is correct. Yeah, correctly. I mean, it's actually really offensive that this was even published yeah. uh, on the Nintendo's official I, Twitter account. I have not looked at it, because I'm not okay with I'm not, You've looked want, at it. Looked You've at looked at it. at it. I looked at it. We all looked. You at looked it. at it. Everybody looked at yeah. it. In all seriousness, though, Ma- Mario has nipples. How do you feel? I what am, is your hot take okay, on so, Mario's so nipples? Actually, to be honest with you, when I first saw this, I just saw the screenshot and I scrolled past it and I was like, "Okay, that's Mario." And it wasn't until someone pointed out they had nipples that I noticed they had nipples. Man, I couldn't take my eyes off of them. They, <laughs> <laughs> they just sucked me in, and I was just—I mean, honestly, I have this this experience with a lot of nipples. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I was just I find it deeply disturbing. Um there's something it means uncanny. he's like a sexual being. I don't know if okay, you're sexualizing nipples though. I'm saying that nipples are uh exist because we uh are human we are reproductive creatures. I think that this means that This means Mario has a dick. I mean if you put it that way, then yeah, I guess that's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. I mean we all knew that Link had a dick. How? You just know the way. <laughs> you just know. 
let's not go down this route. In any case, Mario has nipples. It means that he can nurse. That's all we. (laughs) 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 That is such a that is such a weird like WarioWare mini game like nursing Mario. Oh my god, wet nurse Mario. I would love that if like Mario is a doula. Yes, Mario doula doula Mario super doula Mario. Coming soon from Nintendo. Super Mario Dula. But yeah, Mario has nipples, I guess. That was Mario's secret. When Mario met, went missing, this is... <laughs> he was getting nipples. <laughs> yeah. The more interesting thing is, like, what about Mario's tribal tattoo that this has re-brought attention to? Did you not pay attention to this? What? Mario, there is some video game, unless this is a meme that I just don't understand. I don't think that this is a. I don't think this is an official Nintendo product. Keep okay, going. Okay, because I have seen screenshots of Mario in some some Mario game from clearly it's this is from like the late '90s with his sleeves rolled all the way up, and this is and he is like a tribal tat. Mario does not have tattoos. I, okay, I could just be in a Japan fool. if you have tattoos, you're a yakuza. It might be yakuza. Mario. Do you think that Mario is a yakuza? Member? Super yakuza Mario. <laughs> I would love it if you played one of those Yakuza games that's like super realistic and you go into a meeting with the other gang boss. It's and fucking it's Mario. Mario. <laughs> and he just, and like he immediately kills one of his own henchmen to demonstrate his like complete disregard for human life. Man, I think that if that happened, I would have a disregard for for human life as would well. Mar- I would lose all hope. Would Mario kill people by jumping on them or just breaking their necks with his bare jumping hands? Jumping on them. Probably, But right? it would like not make them pop and disappear, but it would break their necks. It's sort of funny how uh, Mario's main method of murder is to jump on people, but at some point we did give him the ability, when he went 3D, just to punch dudes. <laughs> That's a good point. Just as like... It's less effective. <laughs> Just like, well, also, I guess if there was a terrifying mushroom man approaching you, you'd probably punch it. <laughs> what if Mario jumped on PewDiePie? I would be so happy. Let's I would I would watch that video. <laughs> <laughs> that video could get 16 billion views. I mean, honestly, if you were watching a PewDiePie stream and then the, the window behind him just shatters and Mario comes in and just stomps him uncanny valley mario and then and shirtless flashes his tribal tats and then and then says yeah i have nipples <laughs> screen goes black okay, all right. i think it's time to move on from i mean i could talk about this for hours but uh matt and you you probably can on our spin-off podcast mario's nips. mario's nips <laughs> uh <laughs> Nips with Mario, and I just drink... Nip clips with Mario. ...tiny bottles of Jack Daniels and discuss Mario's nipples. All right, Matt, it's time to ask the most important question that we ask every week. Uh, How's your Dark Souls? Hello, Dark Souls, my old friend. Um, Dark Souls. Okay, so this we've is been... our continuing segment. On Dark Souls. Playing Dark through Souls Dark Souls 3, 3. Which we are concurrently playing. Yeah, Um, Dark Souls 3... Developed by From Software, an amazing game. I got to honor Londo. Um, I kind of don't want to talk about too much after that. I saw some amazing creature design confirming my feeling that this might actually have the best creature design in the entire series. I, I, I might you, agree. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the, the speed at which you were nodding just then implies... I think this game is very special. Um, I don't want to, I have a question for you because I don't want to talk too much about what happens in On Orlando or after it, but I have a question for you, but I want to ask, first of all, did you get to On Orlando? I have reached On Orlando. Uh, I was 
devotees will remember that last week I was uh, lost, confused, and astray. And the reason was that my television is very small, and the opulent grandeur of the graphics in Dark Souls and the very tiny (laughs) rendering of that grandeur on my TV made it impossible to see a doorway that was in retrospect, very obvious uh, that I just needed to walk through. And then I was like, oh, there's a whole other level out here. Oh, and wow. Yeah, so then I fought a, uh, a evil pope. Did you fight Pontiff Sullivan? Yeah, you have to kill him. Yeah. I killed him. Did I, it take you much? You just wa- I, I had him. like no... I walked in there and cut him up. I don't know. It, it was not a particularly exciting... Did you jump on his head? No. No, that's the easiest way to kill any enemy in Dark Souls. So I actually do a fair amount of like dropping onto enemies, but when yeah, you it's when, fun. It is. You only do like four damage when you step on their heads, uh, <laughs> which is a little bit of a bummer because I would also play a version of Dark Souls three where I was Mario, <laughs> just punching dudes and murdering. Oh them. man! On that note, Nintendo, I know you're listening. Bring bring Dark Souls, the first Dark Souls, oh. to the Switch, please. Oh my God! Just run it at sixty frames per second. Drop the res as much as you need to. That is my dream would be to be able to play the first Dark Souls on the train. Yeah. I would love it. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Oh, I've thought about that so much. So anyway, you've you've gotten to on Orlando. I am in on um, Orlando, a location that I loved from the first Dark Souls, and it is kind of frozen over and a little bit surreal and uh, very cool. Be- still beautiful. Oh, I mean, it's yeah, gorgeous. Incredible architecture. Okay, so my question for you, on the site, that's the site that, that we write game reviews on, um, www.zerostars.co, I often try to answer, in my reviews, I often try to answer, like, who is this game for? And I've been struggling with, who is Dark Souls 3 for? And that's why I want to know, who do you think Dark Souls 3 is for? I think Dark Souls 3 is for people that like to burrow into something. Uh, it is not for the... It is. That's not to say that... I, I hate when people say like, "Are you like a casual gamer? Are you like hardcore?" Yeah, because yeah, totally. that's a stupid thing. Yeah, uh, you know who would probably say that? PewDiePie. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, so I, I'm not saying it like that, but Dark Souls Three is for a person who doesn't mind just playing Dark Souls a lot. Uh, it requires you, by its very nature to sort of return to it and turn it over in your mind and return to it again. Yes. Um, so it requires devotion. And that's the difference between it and something that might be more immediately approachable and easy to pick up and just kind of blast through and say, I saw all of the game. Dark Souls is not about seeing all of the game. It is about being able to enjoy the 10 minutes that you spent trying to figure out how to beat a certain enemy and progress as much as it is about the overarching 40 hour long journey through the entire experience yeah. yeah dark souls is a game for people who like a long book and by that i mean people who can read a long book and accept that like you're not going to remember large portions of that book like that's and that's okay but you're going to remember some some apple juice moments and, and it, you're going to remember your journey and beyond that so many of those moments will be different between different players very true so if you play something like uh the very structured sorts of campaigns that are in vogue for uh you know, a uh, uh, Call of Duty type thing. Everybody's going to have the same memories from that. It's there are structured sections of the game where the developer sat down and said, "This is the set piece." You're walking through a movie, and right. not that there's anything wrong with that. And in many cases, that's awesome. Yeah, it can be really cool. But it's a very different experience from Dark Souls because in Dark Souls, 
the parts of it that are particularly thrilling, certainly the developer kind of picked and chose how to set up a scenario so that it would yield these moments, but they're very much based on how you entered them as a character. Your specific experience of them is going to be different. Uh, And so there are parts of this game that have been struggles for you that are not struggles for me and vice versa. And that's simply by nature of how variable the game is because it's really just a box of systems that you sort of get to poke in different ways. I would also, yeah, no, I think you're 100% right. My closing thought on this is also that Dark Souls, I think, has some really great characters because of how understated they are. Yeah. Um, You bring so much more to them than they give you. Uh, The Onion Knight. Man, the Onion Knight. I was wondering if we were going to make it through without you talking about the Onion Knight. Basically, whenever I make notes for my Dark Souls recap, I just wrote like Adventures with the Onion Knight, with or without. You didn't even uh, hang out with him this time. No, I didn't. Um, I'm I'm trying to like get into the point where I can move on past him because I'm not sure if I'm ever going to see him again. Oh, we, we'll, we'll see so, him again. All right. You keep saying that. But I hope so. I hope so, too. It seems like it would be a waste. So that's Dark Souls. That's them souls. That's the souls. That's the souls. All right. Well, we're going to do a quick ad break because we got to make that money. But we'll be back in a second to talk about the other games we've been playing. Hey, Bob. Hey, Matt. You ever use Squarespace? No. Have you ever heard of Squarespace? No. They've got really great drag and drop tools. No. Well, how did you make our website, Bob? I used HTML, which is a markup language that holds the internet together. That sounds really great. What's our website again? It's called ZeroStars.co. Is that www.ZeroStars.co? Sure. I guess so. Does anybody type the www anymore? What is the internet? I'm still not sure. It seems like it's a place for bad people, though. Yeah, it kind of is. You know who one of those people is? PewDiePie. Fuck that guy. Fuck PewDiePie. Fuck that guy. Cancel your subscription to his channel and come to ZeroStars.co, the best site about video games on the internet. It's a really good site. We write reviews, sometimes, maybe once a week, but they're always good. They're the best. They're the best. You're the best. You can read about threes, prey, rage... Desert Golf. A game that has more than one syllable in its name. And many other hits, including... And some bad ones, too. Tacoma. Bad... That's not a bad game. No, it's game. not a bad game. We haven't actually reviewed any bad games. No, we right. only play no. good games because we are the best and games are the best. I guess we just generally have enough taste that we will not pick up a bad game. Do you like Pyre, another game that's one syllable? I've never realized how many of the reviews we have are just... Or is this just games in general? I think that's just games. Is like Final games? Fantasy, one syllable. One syllable, one note. Anyways, I hope that you enjoy going to our website and filling your eye holes with our sick pros. It's really good. We're getting all that money. Dude, it's so good to get all the money. It's so good to get that money. Oh, I just, I just, so what I do, I put all the money in my bathtub and then I just light it on fire. I don't even swim in it. I don't even, uh, I don't even rub it on my body anymore because I have so much that I'm already just covered in uh, money. I made all my clothes out of money. So I just burn all the money that I got. See, I still use it. I just use it to do laundry. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes laundry. I'll just like wash things twice though, just because I can. Man, that's luxury. I know. Anyways, we're going to talk about the other games we've been playing. Matt, what have you done? You, I've I've been playing other games. Oh, cool. No, I just played one other game. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've been playing... So, 
I'm sure you read about this because I'm sure that like you also have Google alerts up for God Hand. All I care about is God Hand. Um, God Hand, just to remind you all, because we haven't talked about it since last episode, <laughs> is a game to, directed by Shinji Mikami uh, when he was running Clover Studios for the PlayStation 2. It's a fantastic game. Oh my God. It's a, it's a game where you punch people in the face. Absolver is a game that just came out last week. It's developed by Slow Clap Studios. It's their first game. I think this slow clap. I think, I think this slow clap. You know what? Fuck PewDiePie. <laughs> All right, I'm back in. <laughs> slow clap is a French studio. I think that they're just six guys. It's a very small team. Okay. And this is an impressive game for such a small team. I would say. I agree. Having played it for about half an hour. Yeah, and I think that you got a pretty solid experience with that game in the in the half hour that you played. Um. So Absolver is a game in which it's being compared to both Dark Souls, which we also talk a lot alike, uh, about a lot. Um, it's being compared to Dark Souls and God Hand. I think Based that on that, it should be our it, favorite game. It should be game. our favorite game of it all should, time. We should change the name of the site to Absolver. Yeah. We are not changing the name of the site to Absolver. No, because it's taken already. <laughs> Assholes. We can probably get the uh, .co. Yeah, we can always get the .co. That's the thing is you can always get the .co. Uh, Absolver is a game where you wander around an environment kind of like Dark Souls. It's these windy, twisty environments where you're also engaging with other players to one degree or another. and Other human there, players. Other human players, I should say. And then you fight um, NPCs. It is like God Hand insofar as that you can stack a deck of moves. So you are brawling with these guys using all kinds of um, martial arts. And you can kind of rearrange the orders of your combos. I know this sounds probably complicated if you're not familiar with God Hand necessarily, but imagine a fighting game where when you press square twice, you get to choose what happens both first and second in that in that combo as opposed to, you know, the whatever the preset is that's automatic for any fighting game. So there's like this level of strategy that's involved um, that's similar to God Hand. Uh, I like playing Absolver sometimes. I mean, the first thing I want to say is that, like, <laughs> this game has gotten has got some serious tech issues. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I didn't experience real server that. problems. I know. Oh, I, oh I've had them. Yeah, I've had on. I've had the game essentially. I have had to reboot the game several times because I've gotten stuck in architecture. One time I was playing the game and I was in this one particular area of a level and the game just like kind of like low, like low-key crashed on me essentially cool and so it re- it like rebooted the level except for the fact that i was now standing next to an exact copy of myself oh that's kind of awesome and i could see it was as though it was treating it as though this copy of myself were a total totally new player because it said like my username oh above the that's person. so strange and it just stood there did and you so, kill yourself no because i couldn't hit it oh nothing would happen when i hit it so i started walking around i beat up a bunch of dudes and like I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to leave this level. So I left the level and I moved into a new area. And as it started loading the new area, the game like low-key crashed on me again. And then it returned me to the weird double that it had created me. Created oh, of me. it was like and the was, prestige. Yeah, as, yeah, except for I was stuck in a wall. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to reboot the whole thing again. And the whole audience who was there to see magic was disappointed. Yeah. I hate coming down on a game for technical reasons. And like these were more entertaining than they were like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't ruining my time. It was interesting at the very least. Um, and I wasn't game- so invested that it like ruined my time. Uh, I can imagine other people being really pissed off. 
This is a game where the PvP is really the reason to play it. Unfortunately, like the level design is just not that great. And a lot of the um, computer enemies, especially early on, are good for teaching you, but they're not nearly as engaging as playing against other players. So the game allows you to play PvP, and that is eternally where I have the most fun. But I think that we can talk about some of the issues with the PvP too. I'm curious to know your thoughts about it just generally. Um, this game is interesting. I think that this game... It borrows mechanics from both Dark Souls and from God Hand, but it is different from both of them in that it is very subtle. And it is a relatively accurate simulation on some level, I think, about what it would be like both to punch somebody and to be punched by somebody in that all of the cues that you're looking for from your opponents are very small. So it's very much based around observing somebody and saying, oh, they're standing slightly to the left which means that their next hit will come in from the right or something like that it's uh it requires a lot of keen observation and i'm sure when played well it is actually a relatively methodical experience i do not think that anyone is playing this game well no i would agree and i think that in god hand a game that telegraphs every single move so far ahead extremely extremely explicitly. far it, god hand is a cartoon and it is an this anime. is and compared to that this is not even a bruce lee movie this is like this is like actual martial arts this is like not that being, bruce lee wasn't performing actual martial arts no but this is but, like being a kindergartner in a karate class yeah and there's a lot of learning going on can but, we can we address for a moment uh and I've never understood this. How is it possible that like kids in seventh grade were like, I'm a black belt now or whatever. It feels like people become black belts at very young ages and then like stop doing karate. Well, it's cause when you reach, when you're ahead of the class, when you're finally, when I you just don't get it. Belt, like I, I mean, when you can kill a man at seven <laughs> years old, where else is there to go? I'll give you that. I guess you turn into Mario. <laughs> black belt, Mario, super black belt, Mario, super Mario, black belt edition. Man, if there was like a Mario Ninja Gaiden sort of like weird extension, yeah. I'd be into that. Anyways, I'm sorry. I just I, I you martial just don't arts. Don't like it that the kids can beat you up. Well, I'm just saying martial arts as like a children's activity. I think is really cool as a exercise to teach discipline. But I don't really understand the ranking system because it seems to equivocate between somebody who is a black belt at the age of ten or something. I don't know. These kids seem to be very young black belts. I that mean, might be an exaggeration. I assume that this is the that this is just gamification that if the kids don't feel like they're advancing, they don't have any interest. That's probably which a good is where point. the discipline goes out the window. But yeah. Kids these days. So speaking of belts, this game has a leveling system that I think makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Absolver. <laughs> level system seems you know, they say age is just a number. Absolver's level system is literally is just, just a, a number. number. Go on. No, I just, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there's nothing, there's really nothing more to say other than the fact that, like, you don't seem to be unlocking moves that make you that much more powerful at level 32 than you are at level two. So I started this game. I played it. I went into an arena. I fought against a person who was level 21. I had been playing the game for a grand total of 10 minutes prior to this point. This person clearly had been playing it for longer than 10 minutes because I was level two and they were level 21 and I beat them every single time. And okay. It's plausible that this person was just a weird example who is terrible at the video game. But we have a larger sample size. Because you have played that. it more. Because I've played it more. And I have played this game for about three hours now, and I'm level 15. And I regularly beat everyone that I fight 
in the thing. Neither of us are very good at video games. I we am need to, we need to particularly bad at yeah, video Bob games. Bob is actually really bad. Very, very, very bad. bad. Very bad. It's been a problem. It is a problem. It's been a problem in our My relationship. My girlfriend's going to leave me. <laughs> <laughs> I want, we need to write into Dr. Nerdlove or something like that. <laughs> I am so bad Dear at video Prudence, games. Dear Prudence, my girlfriend can't stand how bad I am at video games. It embarrasses her in front of all of her friends. <laughs> I um, turned off voice chat, but I can still hear her berating me. <laughs> um. No, I don't think that it's that either of us are particularly good. I think no, that, I just think everybody doesn't understand how the game is meant to be played. Well, I don't think it's. I, I also don't one hundred percent understand how the game is meant to be played. So when you say everybody, I assume you mean us as well. Yeah, I, I think I, that we have a decent handle on it, but, but I also think that there's no development of the systems or the mechanics as you progress. The whole the whole thing sort of seems to fall apart in that it's meant to be this tight little. Uh, methodical thing where you're very carefully observing the other yeah. person and then you're blocking them and punching them and, and counterattacking. And where but, the right move makes all the difference and turns the tide. Exactly. Except that no one is doing that. So everybody's just flailing at each other. And it turns out that if everyone is flailing, if you just sort of make some minor overture towards not doing that, and you go, I'm going to parry this guy, or I'm going to block this girl, or whatever it is. Frankly, if you just pay any attention to your stamina meter... You will win every single fight yes. until we fight you, at which point we will be perfectly evenly matched. We look forward to this. Yeah. Also, I do want to say, though, that in Absolver, they do have a really good communication wheel for emotes. And they do, and that of, is very cool. And there's a, it's very easy to cooperate with someone, like go on a co-op mission with someone. It is literally just a button press. It is very, very cool, and I am a big fan of that. So way to go, Slow Clap. We're not crazy about the rest of your game, but, but Slow Clap to that. Hey, Bob, what have you been playing other than that 30 minutes of Absolver? Uh, I've been playing the sequel to a little game called Destiny. Uh, the game I've been playing is called Destiny 2. Um, I've heard about this. Yeah, so Destiny was a game that came out uh, right around the, not around the launches of the newish consoles, the current consoles. But it was split between last console and current You console, could play right? it on the old ones, yeah. And it is a game by Bungie, the makers of Halo. This game, man, I did not play the first Destiny. I have so many thoughts about this game. Um, so, on a very basic level, uh, for people who have played Titanfall 2, uh, a game that was made by the people who made uh, Call of Duty. Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare. Uh, and all the Call of Duties, actually. Um no, they're just the first, just the good ones. Yes, all the good ones. They all made the all good the good ones. Call of Duties, and then after Modern Warfare 2, they left, and they went and made a game called Titanfall, and then they made a game called Titanfall 2, and those games are the true sequels to Modern Warfare. Yes. And when you play those games, you go, these are great and have so much shared DNA with those Call of Duty games, but they're clearly an advancement in many ways. Uh, this game is very much that to Halo. Like, this is a game from the people who made Halo, Many parts of it feel exactly like Halo. Many parts of it are different because they are perceived as advancements from Halo or new directions for those mechanics to go in. So if you like Halo in the sense that you are a dude in power armor marching around and shooting alien dudes with a gun that is colored purple because Bungie is the only developer who understands that colors are cool, this game is that. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you. Okay, um, so you make the corollary that 
that Titanfall is to Halo? Or no, you're saying Modern Warfare is to, is to Halo as Destiny 2 is to Titanfall 2. Sure. I'm Yeah. So I, 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 agree, I actually really agree with that in many ways. But the one difference is that I, I think the one big thing is that Titanfall 2, which introduced a single-player campaign that Titanfall 1 didn't have. Yes. Titanfall 2 is such a tightly, a series of, in its single-player campaign, is such a, a series of tightly constructed levels that in my limited time with Destiny 2, there is nothing about that game that is tight other than shooting. Well, so they changed... And even, sometimes even hitting things with bullets isn't as tight as actual firing of a gun. I, I can agree with all of that. So they, they changed the structure of this game significantly from Halo or any of these other first-person shooters you've yeah. ever played. This is, a, this is an MMO It's in not many strategic ways. in the traditional Halo sense. And it is strategic in different ways. So yeah. this is a game that you play online all the time with other players you are playing through a campaign at the start of it i am not currently out of the campaign uh at a certain point you kind of graduate from the campaign and start being able to do other activities my understanding is that quote unquote the real game begins once you sort of get out of the campaign whether or not that's true i don't know what i can say it seems kind of lame that you would have to play through a campaign to get to the fun parts though well which is the parts parts that i'm playing are not but unfun yes but they do not feel polished or carefully considered this is a first person shooter and it is a first person shooter that takes place in an open world and you can go around to certain spots in the world and pick up missions that sort of give you a loosely structured thing to do in an environment that is otherwise just part of the open world Mm. um that's cool i guess um it's weird because many parts of this game are very well made. It is gorgeous, for one. It is exceptionally pretty. That's good. But it is also very loosely constructed. And there is an element to it where nothing can be tightly constructed because it all needs to take place in this open world where there could be other players or there might not be other players. One of the things that's really good about Halo, and I would say the main lasting thing that Halo brought to games was that the enemies were very smart. And you always knew how the different types of enemies would interact with each other in a given combat encounter. So that every time that you came up against a group of enemies, you'd say, oh, that guy is the leader. If I kill him, the other ones will scatter. Or, oh, that kind of enemy likes to hide or something like that. You always kind of knew what enemies wanted to do. And so you could start to learn that and strategically approach encounters. This game lacks that entirely. Nothing is structured and, that well. And the spaces in Halo, the encounter spaces were very carefully crafted to be dynamic environments that would allow for totally different stories to play out depending on how you decided to approach an enemy group. Completely. And this yeah. is very much unlike that because the environments are very big, huge just spaces that are relatively realistic, I'd say. Yeah, certainly. But they don't have that tightly honed sort of, you're going to have an experience yeah. in this space this space is designed to lock in one-to-one with that experience. Um, so that's a bummer. Uh, that said, it does feel very good to pull the trigger on the guns. And this game has a real focus on getting headshots on enemies to the point that there are even enemies in this game who, if you get a headshot on them, they just immolate. They just explode into a burst of fire. That is fun. And it's so stupid. And this game is very much about that just kind of... This game is mindless. This that's That's what this game is. It does not explain itself well. It has a billion interlocking systems. There are multiple forms of currency. I don't understand any of them. Hmm. You're constantly getting loot for armor and stuff. 
I think that somehow that is attached to my character level in terms of what level the loot I get is. I don't understand it. It's always better than what I had before, but I don't necessarily feel more powerful. So that seems like a big fail. I I can't really put my finger on like what how I am progressing as a character because I get better and better guns. The number of that indicates how much damage the gun does now compared to when I started is like 10 times greater. But there are enemies in this game that took two shots to kill when I started, and they still take two shots to kill. So you tell me what's going on, because I do not know. The game does not explain itself. All of that sucks. Like, this game is kind of awful, and it's like very good as a game that you just sort of have on in the background. Do you feel compelled to play it when you haven't been playing it in a little while? A little bit, because it's pure dopamine like you just sit there and it's something to do with your thumbs and dudes burst into flames when you shoot them in the head but i don't get what i'm doing like i i actually don't know what i am doing in this game i don't know why i am progressing i don't understand how my loot is impacting things the loot does not look different enough where i go like oh cool i look neat now I just constantly look kind of the same. Yeah. I, this game is meant to be played with other people. uh, And there are sections of it called raids. This is just based on stuff I've heard because I haven't gotten there yet. There are raids that come out for this game and people say they're the best thing they've ever played because you get in there with some of your friends, you play through it and you have an incredible time. So maybe that's true. I want to, I want to, this game to me seems kind of like, if you're to compare it to a song, it's a song with a really great chorus, but it's only a chorus, and just the chorus just repeats. So what I want to ask you is, what's your apple juice moment in Destiny so far? What's the weirdest, funnest thing? The weirdest thing. Let's say the weirdest, but also the funnest. That's a really good question, and it was a thing that just happened today, where I there are things that happen out in the environment in this game called public events, and they're just big fights that happen. And generally speaking, they're kind of clusters. Like you gang up with a with a bunch of good guys, and there are, there are you other and a bunch of people other, around, other players, and events yeah. happen where enemies drop in, and you fight them. And honestly, they are generally speaking just total insanity because it's just enemies dropping in, and everyone is sort of shooting everything. There's they nothing see. coordinated. It's no, just, yeah. you're just killing stuff. And this whole game is just, I just went and killed some stuff. This public event was your apple juice moment? That public event was not. Oh. But while waiting, so I did not realize these public events just occur out in the world. And there's not necessarily, there is a bit of an indication that they're going to happen. But if you're not looking for it, you might not see that. And so I was just wandering through an area. I encountered another guy and they were on a like jet bike and they kind of waved at me. And so I went over to them and then we just sort of started to like mess around together and just like run in circles and we <laughs> danced and then we <laughs> made fake glass walls and sort of crouched behind them and sort of like screwed around with like each other. At play. A little bit where yeah. it was just this totally nonverbal thing where we were just clearly interacting with each other, but we weren't doing anything. This is not related to destiny. So it was just like a cool dude and that I had, wasn't necessarily communicating anything other than he was just like fooling around with you. Yeah. And I had no idea why they were there. And then all of a sudden a public event started and it was like, oh, they were also waiting for the public event, which is why they were hanging out. And then we did a public event and it was a total clusterfuck and it was just us and a bunch of other people just shooting things. And 
I think that's my biggest issue with Destiny is that it is theoretically this enormous world that we are all interacting in together. But the only way to interact with anything is to shoot it. Or to dance with it. And, but like in terms of progression, yeah, you, you just shoot stuff. And, and so the apple juice moments seem to be the not shooting parts, unfortunately. It's true. For better or for worse, the non-progression parts. Because the shooting stuff, the game is based around this idea that it's fun to shoot things, and by shooting things, your character progresses. And you will constantly, they have to give you things to shoot. So they haven't made a million enemies. There's just probably like 20 enemy types in the game. Yeah. And they just keep dropping in and you keep shooting them. And they're all dumber than a box of rocks. Grand. And beyond that, so it's not hard. That's like the strangest part of the game. I die, but only because I play it poorly because I'm kind of bored. Yeah. So then I go, well, I'm just going to rush in. Oh, I died. <laughs> it doesn't matter though because you reload. And I don't think you lose anything. So you die, and you see this really sick skull that's like, you died animation, and it's this screaming skull that looks so cool. Much of the graphic design in this game is awesome looking. Uh, But then you just respawn, and you show up again. You retain all of your health. In many cases, the enemies that you killed remain dead. You come back, you finish it, and then I guess that you are happy? I, I... I kind of don't know. I, I don't dislike this game at all. I just don't really get... I feel like I'm missing some large part of it, and that might be the social component, and maybe I'll get to the raid, and I'll be like, the raid is so good. I think the raids have consequences for loss. We'll find out. Yeah, but we'll but find out. right now, I am like... I could not be more lukewarm on it, where I don't hate it, I don't love it, it is very well made, and it's good, I guess. Destiny 2. It's good, I guess. You heard it here first, folks. All right. So I guess it's time to talk about something that we actually do like. So Matt, what is the thing that you most enjoyed that is not video game related from the past week? Um, I guess this is sort of cheating because I'm not going to talk about something from the past week. Uh, for a little bit, I thought about talking about how much I love Twitter, but then I was like, no, I fucking hate Twitter. <laughs> Fuck PewDiePie. Um, <laughs> so last night, uh, an actor died we've had a lot of actors that die all the time um his, his name was harry dean stanton do you know harry dean stanton i do you, not you know the name have you, i i know the name but i i don't know actors so unfortunately um, i can't harry dean stanton was has been in tons of stuff but i he's in twin peaks which is uh he was in firewalk with me and then he's in the the new the return he's the in firewalk with me he's the guy who owns the trailer park oh okay he was in a movie called paris texas have you ever seen Paris, Texas? I have not. This is like a, I think it was like 1985 or so. It's a movie by Wim Wenders. Um, it's a really beautiful movie. It's about a man who tries, after being gone for a long time, tries to reconnect with his son um, and then kind of goes in search of his ex-wife, the son's mother. Um, it's, a, it's sort of a very long movie. It's a very slow movie, but it has this one scene that's one of the most memorable scenes I've ever seen in my life. That is a conversation between two people. It's mostly a monologue delivered by Harry Dean Stanton. Um, and it's, it's really interesting. It's really, it's, I mean, it's really well written. The monologue is very writerly. Um, but it's, it's also interestingly staged. There's, it involves a double mirror and some other interesting stuff. That's cool. It's really, it's, it's an incredible scene. It's one of maybe like the finest scenes 
I've ever seen in on in a film. Um, and I after he died, it also will also go off on another tangent. It was the script for this film was co-written by Sam Shepard, um, an mm. amazing playwright and actor who also passed away recently. Also a troubled man with a lot of alcohol problems. But um, and uh, but. I was just thinking a lot about Paris, Texas, and I rewatched the scene, the monologue scene, this morning after Harry Dean Stanton um, passed away the other night, and I just thought about like what a, an interesting movie that was. A movie that I don't love the totality of it is exactly, but there are some incredible moments, and certainly some, I guess you could say, apple juice moments, really powerful performances um, and subdued. You know, you watch you watch this monologue, and you're not. It's not like watching someone perform a monologue from Hamlet. It's very quiet, but it's um, wow. It's, I don't know. It's just it's very powerful. That's that's yeah, very interesting. And I, I mean, I wish I knew actors because I often just kind of forget. You'd recognize him if you saw him. He's, yeah, he was 91. He lived a long oh, wow. time. He like he was a inveterate smoker and played some good guitar. My um, kind of guy. Yeah, no, he was a he was a anyway anyone. Curious, go check out uh, the movies Paris, Texas, directed by Wim Wenders. I think it's like 1985 or so. It's an older movie. It's probably in the Criterion Collection. You can probably find it, but you can find it in multiple places. I'm On sure. the internet. On the internet. Cool. Uh, my thing uh, is also a movie, which is rare. Uh, so this is the September issue, which is a documentary uh, about the September issue of Vogue. Um, oh, I subscribe to Vogue. That's not true. I get a subscription to Vogue. Do you actually? Yeah, the person who lived in my apartment before me subscribed to Vogue. Are you serious? Yeah. So the September issue of Vogue, and I believe every issue of Vogue is like I haven't $10. gotten the September one yet. Well, I've only gotten the August one. It's Maybe like a, it stopped. They might have switched their subscription just recently. That's a bummer because the September issue of Vogue is the one uh, because it's like when fashion resets. So Vogue is obviously... I need to issue a correction. I get teen Vogue. My, <laughs> my mistake. That is substantially different. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bob. <laughs> Again, I want to now. I need to specify even more. I do not subscribe to Teen Vogue. I just get it because the person who used to live here before me subscribed to Teen Vogue. I don't know who that was. Oh my god! I can't account for. Her. I know her name, but I'm not going to say it on the air. Anyway, Bob, what's this about? About uh, this is just about uh, Anna Winter is the editor of Vogue. Has been for twenty odd years now, and and thus she is one of the most prominent voices in the world that determines what is fashion at any given time, right? Because the September issue of Vogue is kind of the reset each year for what is happening in the world of fashion this year. And beyond that, what elements of the world of fashion are going to be exposed to everyone uh, by virtue of having a spread in Vogue? Um, So there's this interesting element where people are making collections all the time, right? But uh, being featured in the September issue of Vogue not unlike, you know, if you're into music, whenever anybody talks about the Arcade Fire, they say there was that time that the Arcade Fire put out their first record and it got a 9.8 on Pitchfork and that made the Arcade Fire. Uh, at the time, Pitchfork gave way fewer 10s. Was that Funeral? It was. Okay. Uh, but every article about the Arcade Fire until eternity will probably obliquely, obliquely reference this because it was this moment when they kind of broke. The September issue of Vogue, whether or not you are a new uh, designer or an existing designer, if you're featured in it, it's setting the tone for what is happening in the popular consciousness of fashion in a year. And so it's a big deal. 
Um, and so this is about putting that together and how that happens. Uh, it's also about Anna Winter, who is uh, crazy um, and cool in the sense that she is like a Steve Jobsian sort of nutcase workaholic in the best sense, but also the worst sense, you know, where she probably doesn't great at interacting with people, but she is also very good at knowing about fashion. It's kind of an interesting thing. She knows what people want, whether or not she understands people at all. Yes. Uh, which is cool. And, uh, it's just a neat movie in the sense that this is an area that you probably don't know a lot about. How does a magazine come together? I actually know a lot about it because I get teen Vogue. Okay. Well, and you know, I get that. And you also have been making these uh, fan versions of Teen Vogue that are unreleased that I are spread all around us right now. And I, my zine, you mean? Yeah, I got to say a zine Vogue. Zine Vogue. Um, I got to say it's not quite as good, but you're, you're getting there. So if you're, if you're interested in just how things come together on a professional scale, it's a really cool documentary uh, and very enjoyable. And I, I imagine that Anna Wintour is an incredibly dynamic character to have in a so the dark secret of this whole thing is that she is actually not at all because oh, really? she is extremely closed off uh, and very distant. Hmm. And it's very clear that the people who started this documentary thought we're going to get a ton of awesome stuff from Anna Wintour and they didn't, but they got a ton of great stuff from this other woman who is uh, one of the people who sets up the shoots and is like a producer essentially okay. on the magazine. And here I was looking forward to, well, and the Aaron Sorkin adaptation, Anna, but I that will happen, no question. <laughs> that is already in the works. He it, writes such wonderful women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, but it, that will that will happen, and it will be an inaccurate picture of it mm. because she is an editor in the most accurate sense, right? The actual personalities and everything are all below her and she just kind of is this filter through which things pass and she is a total cipher and makes no sense and they clearly didn't get like any material with her uh and that's also an interesting part of the whole thing cool so it's called the september issue you should check it out i uh, legitimate question do you will you pick up the september issue of vogue my uh my girlfriend got it on the plane just recently and i i did flip through it oh you flipped i did a little flippy flip how uh, much is, not how all much, of it is there much men's no there's no men's there's stuff. no men's stuff. uh and and honestly is the there whole, a men's vogue that is a good question. I don't know. Uh, Jayla, uh, Jay, not Jayla, J-Law. Jennifer J-Law. Lawrence was on the cover of uh, this, this ah, year's September J-Law. issue. J-Law. Well, one of the things that Anna Winter does is she puts celebrities on it. Because oh, previously it was that. all models. So she brought celebrities in. Okay, interesting. I mean, interesting. I imagine that there's probably quite a few of them. Celebrities? Yeah, there are a few. Yeah, a handful at the very least. You know one celebrity that I fucking hate? Oh, who? PewDiePie. Fuck that guy. Fuck PewDiePie.